Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to the second message in what is going to be one of the most significant series that I believe you can ever hear to understand what's going on in the world. Matter of fact, if you don't understand the dynamic between Mystery Babylon and the dragon in the book of Revelation, you will always be confused because the tendency is when most people teach about this, they don't make a distinction between the role of the great harlot, which is Mystery Babylon, and the role of the beast, which is the Antichrist. And uh, so when you begin to roll all of their actions uh, into one being, so to speak, then it gets so confusing. But besides the fact that it gets theologically incorrect and confusing, even worse than that, it makes it impossible for you to know how to live in victory. Now, I want to just say this. I want to make sure you understand this. And this is why it's so important, or one of the reasons why it's so important that you understand these distinctions. Uh, many people are writing me all the time I get because of uh, my book on the apocalypse, by which, by the way, most people tell me that's the only book they've ever read about the end times that that gives them encouragement and peace and helps them overcome the fear of what's coming. But uh, one of the questions so many people write me about is, is uh, you know, uh, if I get if I get a chip implanted in me through a vaccination or through a shot of some kind, uh, have I taken the mark of the beast? I want you to understand, you can't accidentally take the mark of the beast. It is a deliberate choice about who will be your god. And even though that terminology, who will be your God, may not be a spoken thing, uh, your God is the one you look to, to protect you, to provide for you. And so you're either going to look to the government or you're going to look to uh, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, one or the other. And so if you become so overwhelmed with fear and concern and trepidation, uh, that you don't trust God, then you're going to turn to the government, and you you do not want to take the mark of the beast. You'd rather die and watch your whole family die than to take the mark of the beast, thinking that you're helping. But here's the thing. It is Mystery Babylon that actually um, sedates, seduces, and intoxicates the entire world to such a place that eventually uh, they succumb to surrendering to the government and receiving the mark of the beast. Now, uh, so with Mystery Babylon, if you don't understand God's morals and values and standards and justice, then you can really get deceived, and you can be deceived into uh, diving into the world system and eventually being so influenced that you change your convictions, you change your faith, you change your trust in God, and then ultimately 
that will bring you to the place where you would deliberately accept the mark of the beast. So the great deception uh, that Jesus warns about uh, starts with understanding mystery Babylon. Now, Revelation 17, that's where we're, that's where we're reading. This is our text. It says in verse 1, uh, the angels speaking to John, and he says, Come, and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, uh, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk and the wine uh, with the wine of her fornication. And then down in verse 5, I'm jumping over quite a bit here. It says, And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Now, just remember this. What you're supposed to be looking for in this section, based on based on what the angel spoke to John, this is not to understand everything about the Antichrist, understand everything about Mr. Babylon. It's great if you can, and it will help you if you can. That's why I'm teaching this series. But this is more about understanding that the judgment that's going to come on Mystery Babylon and uh, and we have hope by knowing that God's not leaving us alone here. We have hope to understand that he is going to uh, intervene. He is going to step into the situation and deliver us from this. So, so don't read these passages in Revelation with a focal point of your Bible study and prayer being about wanting to understand who the Antichrist is or wanting to understand a lot of things that are not relevant. God tells us what we need to know. He tells us the relevant facts. And now, and then there are all kinds of things that we can dig out of the scripture uh, that they're valuable. They help our faith. They, they, you know, they help us be able to, to have patience when we're going through some of these situations. But uh, if they're not really clearly explained, then the truth is they're not, they're not essential. To live, to live in victory. So anyhow, uh, we want to read this entire text, and we're going to be doing this uh, for however long I, I continue with this series, but we're going to be reading this entire uh, text because if you read the text, the text explains some of these mysteries. So uh, uh, you want you want to point out something that, that's really interesting here, and, and I'm, this doesn't fit in the scripture that we read today, but fit, it fits into the subsequent scripture when it shows uh, how that, that God is the one who delivers us from the Antichrist. God is the one uh, who delivers us from Mystery Babylon. He is the one that delivers us from the world system. Now, uh, many th there is a movement that is gaining ground in America once again, and it, you know it's one of those movements that that in the past was gained a lot of ground, but because people don't learn anything from history, uh, they forget, and it it keeps recycling. And it's called preterism. Preterism is a belief that uh, all of the end time prophecies have been fulfilled. The book of Revelation just becomes an allegory. It's not. It's not factual, and so and and so they discount everything that the Bible tells us about the victory that is going to come from God, and it and it preterism presents the idea that since all the end time prophecies are fulfilled, 
it's not going to be God that delivers us from the world system. It's going to be the church, that the church is going to keep getting more and more spiritual, and ultimately one day the church will take over the world. That is, that is Not only is that utter nonsense, it is not in the Bible, and nothing about the human race shows shows that the church is getting more and more spiritual. There's parts of the church that are getting more and more spiritual. There are, there's always a remnant that's digging in and trusting and walking with God, but, uh, uh, but as a whole, the church is getting more and more carnal. And uh, if you reject end-time prophecy, you'll, you'll never see this, but end-time prophecy actually shows that the majority of the Orthodox Church as a whole becomes so wicked uh, in these last days and so compromised that uh, that there there's not even a hope for repentance and so so people who are who who reject any portion of the scripture can never understand what God is doing uh, or what's happening there so I'm gonna run I'm gonna run through a few things that we need to understand about mystery Babylon before we even before we even go farther first of all, she is called a harlot, and uh, uh, actually, one of her names refers to her Luciferian or, or Satanistic spiritual roots. Uh, another, another of her names, because there's several names that are used to describe Mystery Babylon, or there's several passages of scriptures that explain Mystery Babylon throughout the Bible, and uh, uh, in other places, uh, her name refers to her demonic influence in the earth. But in this passage of Scripture, the thing that we understand more clearly than anything else is that Mystery Babylon is the cause of the corruption of all world governments and all religious systems. And uh, the, the world system is, is not just what's going on out here under the guise of secularism. The world system is the re any religious system, any government system that offers any substitute for Jesus, that offers a hope of, of, of the world being able to provide for you what only God himself can provide for you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a harlot, remember, a harlot appeals to the lust of the flesh. And this is so very, very important. All sins that, that we give into, remember, a sin isn't just the fact that you do something that's evil. A sin is any belief or any behavior that renders you incapable of participating in the glory of God, participating in the fullness of who you are, what Jesus has done for you, and what you have, uh, what you have here in this earth. So this harlot uh, seduces the kings of the world and the inhabitants of the earth through what is already an inherent inherent lust or craving that they have. Now, you notice it says that the harlot commits fornication with the kings of the earth. Now, this is a reference to primarily, you know, spiritual fornication. This is where kings, presidents, uh, governmental leaders and spiritual leaders become one with the world system because the Bible teaches us that that fornication and or adultery, any any uh, immoral 
joining yourself with a harlot is where they too become one. And so uh, this is where uh, the, the whole world system and actually the spiritual leaders become one with the harlot. They harmonize themselves. As we talked about, I think last week, you know, we talked about the fact that the kings of the earth and even the inhabitants of the earth, the citizens, actually take communion with and become one with this seductive harlot that is going to destroy the entire world. Now, you need to understand, based on these scriptures and just based on world history, you understand and you realize that the entire world system is driven by greed. And, and that greed is expressed through the economy. It's not, you know, the governments of the world no longer seek justice. They don't seek morality or ethics. They seek to control the world. And, you know, the, the, the speeches they give and the reasons they give for you to vote for them is what they're going to do for the economy. And so the kings of the world commit fornication with the uh, with the great harlot and drink of the wine of her fornications. Now, you're going to soon understand in subsequent passages where the wine in the cup represents the blood of, of the Jews, the blood of Christians, and it it is a it is. The governments of the world are willing to persecute and murder Christians and Jews uh, as a way uh, to have access to an abundant world economy. And this starts giving us hints when we get down to talking about what Mystery Babylon really is. This is really going to tell us exactly how Mr. Babylon works. So so anyhow, so you got the kings, they're committing fornication with with Mr. Babylon. And so the kings and the presidents and the governmental leaders and the religious leaders, they are committing fornication uh, with Mr. Babylon. And but they are then passing the wine that she drinks, which is the blood of the saints and the blood of uh, the blood of believers. And by the way, the, most of the time when it talks about the blood of the saints, it's talking about Jewish believers, uh, and when it talks about the you know the blood of of uh, uh, of the church, it's going to refer to as the bride or the church or or use some other terminology. And that's one of the, another one of the reasons we don't understand so much of the end time stuff. We don't know the difference between when this scripture is referring to Israel and when the scripture is referring to the church. So. So the, these world leaders, I'm talking about religious leaders. You know, uh, I'm regularly receiving reports of churches all across America who are already making uh, deals with the George Soros organization and, the, and a few of the organizations that are headed up by other godless uh, organizations, by godless people. Uh, agreeing to leave certain things out of their messages to not, you know, to don't don't call homosexuality sin, uh, don't call abortion sin. You know, in other words, 
There's all of these political agendas that that are going to be left alone. And I know that probably a lot of these people are convinced, well, I don't really have to preach about that. And, you know, I don't go around bashing stuff, but I'm, I'm never even going to consider the possibility of leaving anything out just because uh, I could get money to do it. So, but then, then like I say, these leaders, then they lead, they lead the inhabitants in a communion, if you will, with the great, with the great harlot. And they get drunk on the wine of her fornications. And so basically, you know, getting drunk in the scripture so many times has not, has little to do with uh, alcohol or you know, intoxic, uh, alcohol intoxication. Uh, it is always a destructive, uh, sinful thing to do anything that destroys your health, that destroys your ability to have meaningful relationships. Just you know that puts you in compromised positions where you're not where you're not thinking straight, diminished and altered perception. And so, uh, you know, the word intoxicate, the root of that word is toxic or toxin. And so, anytime you get drunk, you are actually poisoning yourself, and it is going to diminish and alter your perception. So you're not going to recognize. Uh, how bad some of the decisions you're making when you're drunk, whether you're drunk on alcohol or more really more destructive than alcohol is to be emotionally drunk. And Luke 21, Jesus, you know, which he, he the warning that he gives about the the times that he called the beginning of sorrows, as well as as well as the days leading up to what we would call the seven-year tribulation. It, the biggest warning is deception. Take heed that you be not deceived in Luke 21, uh, verse 8. But and, and in Luke 21, he's talking about all these things that are going to be happening as we go into the end time and that are going to happen as we get into the tribulation. So in verse 34 of, of Luke 21, he says, take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing. It's kind of interesting. That word carousing can mean a seizure. You know, if you're having a seizure, a seizure is, is where somebody immediately loses capability, capability to, to govern their body and, and their thoughts and become incapable of functioning. And, and, and anything that weighs down your heart can throw you into a seizure and get you to the place, an emotional seizure, and get you to the place where you, you, can't, you can't function and you, you can't think. You can't, you can't control what's happened to you and you can't protect yourself. And then so, so he says, don't get weighed down with, with, a, with carousing or drunkenness. And again, here, I think, that, I think the number one thing that he's talking about uh is, is emotional and spiritual drunkenness, you know, more so than anything else. And he says, or with the cares of this life, the cares of this life get into anything that causes a distraction and, and renders you uh, incapable of perceiving the threats that are, that are happening around you. So, and he says, because what will happen that day will come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. 
watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy. And that that's a bad translation right there because uh, all the Greek language resources say that that should say pray that you have the strength to escape all of these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. So, so we are supposed to manage our lives emotionally, spiritually, and you know, e even financially. And, and see, the great harlot works through the economic system more than anything else. And uh, I can remember when, if, if you had fewer credit cards, you had savings in the bank, you would you'd have a good credit score. You could borrow money. Now, and I can remember when our government deliberately, and this came right down, you know, from Washington, uh, to changing the way credit scores were determined. Now that they want you to have more debt, less savings, and uh, uh, and more credit cards, and you can actually qualify for bigger loans if you have more credit cards, more debt, and uh, and and less savings, uh, which very obviously, you know, there's, by the way, there's, I think there's more advertising done to get credit cards than probably almost all other advertising combined. Why are these banks so ready to loan people money that can't pay it back? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's because you get people in debt and you control their world. You control everything in their life. And almost everybody I know, half of what's going wrong in their life is because they have a debt load they can't manage, which means they are going to become a slave to, to the economic pressures and economic system. But anyhow, so this great harlot uh, has on, on here uh, the word abomination written on her forehead. Now, abomination is something that is detestable and repulsive to God. And abominations uh, are most generally committed, are, are uh, an expression of, of some type of idolatry. Now, see, when we think about idolatry, we tend to think of, about idolatry as it was in the Old Testament, where you go down and cut down a tree and you you know you shape it into a phallus or you shape it into a, some some weird god and you bow down before that that carved out stump or or you bow down before a, a stone that you that you've hewed out to look like a god and so that's what we think of but in the new covenant we discover that from a from a purely spiritual perspective uh Idolatry, according to uh, Paul's writings, is when we, in our imagination, create a concept or an image of God that is inconsistent with what Jesus has revealed to us about the character and nature of God. And, you know, through his life, through his teachings, through the way he ministered to people, through the way he treated people, and then, of course, uh, the ultimate expression is his death, burial, and resurrection. That's where we understand how to interpret anything we read in the Old or the New Testament. And, and if we don't do that, then we're creating a false image of God in our imagination. But one of the other most common 
forms of committing uh, uh, idolatry with the world is getting into greed and selfish selfishness. And Luke 16, 10, it says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust in much. Now, what you come to understand here is, uh, is the least that you're not managing well that's going to really determine whether or not you're going to be faithful in other areas uh, has to do with what the Bible calls mammon. And nearly everybody is is familiar with uh, this verse in uh, Luke 16, 11. It says, if you haven't been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you, uh, to your trust, true riches? So mammon is not just money. And that's what we've been taught. Mammon, mammon is more, it can be about greed. Uh, it can be about, you know, seeking after wealth. But more than anything, it is to put your trust in uh, wealth and money and these things uh, for things that you need to be trusting God for, because mammon is fleeting. And and more and more and more, as we get deeper and deeper in debt as individuals and as nations and as states, uh, we who is it we're becoming indebted to? Well, we're becoming indebted to the world banking system. And, and eventually, the the debt, and it probably is already here, is so deep that when we have a collapse in our economy and people can't pay their mortgages anymore, then the banks who are managed and led by the world banking system, the banks will own your property. And they will they will be the ones that will but that will determine if you're going to actually end up taking uh, uh, if you're going to end up taking uh, uh, the mark of the beast or not, because because you're going to be where you, you, you want to have a house to live in. You want to have food to eat. And you say, well, don't tell me this. If this stuff scares me. No, nothing to be afraid of, because I got news for you. God's got a plan to get us out of this situation. Now, listen, that's, this is as far as I can go in this today. And, and man, I'm flying through this stuff. And this is why I really encourage you, if you want to take a deep dive into understanding this, be sure and get my audio uh, version of this, which will come out next week. And um, there's just so many intricate details that not everybody's interested in. Not everybody wants to take that much of a deep dive in it, but for those of you who want to and who want to understand this, those who, you know, you, you, you consider yourselves to be disciples of Jesus, so you want to understand this stuff, or maybe you want to have it to, to teach other people, uh, then uh, we will, you know, we'll give you the resources that'll take you beyond what most people in the world know about the end times but very specifically, uh, what is not taught about Mystery Babylon and taught about how we fall into the trap and the seduction of the great harlot. So, uh, you know, share this with your friends. And by the way, uh, go to uh, impactministries.com. Look around our website. we got a couple thousand free videos on there. We want to invest in your life. We want to invest in your walk with God. And we want you to multiply this to everybody that you believe it will help. So, all right, I'll be talking to you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. 
If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.